right, welcome everyone to the MMOs.com podcast, episode 149, Altair, joined by... Homer, and I, I already missed the ASMR uh, Altai introduction. I feel oh. like you had a little, you had, you had an ASMR thing going over there. Have you thought about making an ASMR channel? Well, uh, you know what? Maybe if I got the titties, I would have done it, but... You know, I, I, I had an argument with friends about saying, I, I, I was trying to say ASMR is sexual, and all my friends were saying it's not. It is. I still, I'm, on, I'm on the camp that it's sexual. And I think uh, I found a study on if ASMR is sexual, right? But the, it was based on, like, they asked users, do you get sexual stimulation out of this? And obviously it's self-reported. Like, most people said no. So I, I, I don't know if that's still fair, but who I knows? don't know. I wouldn't, okay. It's, 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 like, it's like mini-sexual. It's like, um, okay, you follow, okay, even if you're, let's say you're into fitness, right? You follow yeah. these fitness models on Instagram. You're not going to follow, like some people do, but it's much rarer to follow a guy fitness model. Even if you're not like you know, if you even if you're not like looking to bang that chick, right? You're gonna follow the female yeah. one. So if you're looking for ASMR, you even if you're looking just to listen audio, like you're not gonna watch the video. You're gonna look mm -hmm. for a hot girl to listen to ASMR of, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like it's actually, like, what's actually really funny is my friends who vehemently defended the fact that it wasn't sexual, right? I asked, "Have you ever fapped while listening to F uh, ASMR?" And they said, "Yes." Yeah. They've literally fapped. While listening to ASMR, and and they have the nerve to tell me it's not sexual. I would tell, I would ask them to send you their top ten channels they listen to for ASMR. I bet you it'll all be like young girls. Yeah, probably. Okay, there you go. Though, in one of the defenses, Canaris says he does listen to a few ASMR guys. Anyway, enough ASMR. This is the MMOs.com podcast. Altai, take us to that spicy weekly raid. All right, all right. Here we go. So this week, Omar and I both got the chance to play in the closed beta for Maple Story Two. And mm -hmm. Omar and I, as you know, are MMO veterans. You know, we've been through the wheelhouse many times. We were clicking those quests, bang, 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 complete the quest, next quest, next quest, right? And I thought nothing of it, you know? But I, I actually got a friend of mine to play with me, and they are not so MMO-heavy players as I am. And it, the first thing they did when they left the tutorial area, they got to that town, right? Litharbor. Mm -hmm. And they were they didn't make the... Uh, obvious choice for an MMO veteran of looking for the exclamation mark. You gotta find the exclamation mark, you know? They just wandered out of town, you know? I'm kind of just exploring, clicking things. And I walk by, I'm like, what, what level are you? And they're like, oh, like, like level three. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you still level three? Just just click the quest. What are you doing? What, what, what are you talking about? Quest? Like, no, open the map. You gotta look at the exclamation mark. Like, the things that are so cliche to us now, right? The exclamation mark. It's so like we're like we're like mice in a in a rat, you know? Like, we just know you gotta go for those exclamation marks. In a maze, yeah. But a new player to the genre today, you won't know what to do. And the, and the problem is so many games today are so reliant on this linear quest progression where, you, you know, from the moment you create your character, there's an ex exclamation mark waiting for you. And then that one leads to another one. And that one leads to another one. It's literally a rat maze. And it's so important that you don't miss the first one, but it's also important never to miss one in between. You could, If you fall off a quest chain, like you, you just forget one quest, don't hand it in or something, and you wander off, mm -hmm. you, you're talking about hours of backtracking to figure out what went wrong. You know, like, And, and mm -hmm. it's such an odd way to build a progression into a... Into a into a game like what are, you, what are your thoughts on linear questing uh, and all that it kind of makes me realize why so many like single player games are more like segmented so like you can't progress until you do something right they're kind of designed around like okay, you do this then you do this right they built that way for a reason i think players we as players have a kind of like natural like desire to kind of explore and do our own thing which is maybe why some open world games are doing so well now but the beauty of open world games is typically um there are things to do outside like along with the main story quest. So you can just go outside town and start killing things and like exploring things and just figure things out on your own. With MMOs, though, on the other hand, the main story quest, 
or the quest linear quest progression is so vital to the game that if you you can't just skip it, but you always have the option of skipping it. Like, because I'm trying to think, and I, I leveled up in Final Fantasy 14 most recently from level one to max level. And at any point, if you just stop doing the main story quest, you are literally wasting your time. If you go outside down and killing enemies, that, that's not progression. You're just, you're just literally wasting your time. You will never level up at a, at, a, at a decent pace just doing that. But we just we just want to go out and do things, which is, which is which is bizarre because that's like your natural expectation for a player like who's never played MMOs before. If you grew up playing these games, you know what to expect. You find the exclamation mark, you do them. But I think you know your experience, you know, with your friend trying to do these quests as a new you know new to MMOs is pretty eye opening. That these games are built around or built for players that have played MMOs before and not really newbie friendly. They're not really you know honestly they, they don't even make sense to new players. It, it's just really bizarre how modern MMORPGs are set up. Yeah, and I looked back, and w w so where did this come from, right? And it came from World of Warcraft in 2004. WoW uh, released this whole linear questing system. And I thought, like, WoW was really successful. You know, it was really popular back then. So questing isn't the problem, necessarily. The problem is the fact that the difference between grind and quest, in WoW, you could grind. I remember I grinded from, like, yeah, 40 course. to, like, 60. It's, it's, a, it's slower than questing, right? But you can do it. It's like, I'd say the difference is, like, three not always slower. Not always slower. Let's say let's assume for, for a minute you barely do any quests, right? Uh, you just mm -hmm. grind. I, I would argue you're gonna uh, level like three times slower, right? Five times slower, max. Not even. Not, not even. Not even, not even. Look, hypothetically, but in, in okay. more modern games, if you don't quest, the difference between questing and not quest is like a hundredfold. Like you, you theoretically could level up without questing. In Final Fantasy 14, we're talking thousandfold, two thousand, exactly, five thousand. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's the problem. It's literally not an option. And if it's not an option, don't give me the option of wandering off. Like literally, bar me from because it, it's so absurd that. You know, it's it's a it's just bad system. And I think what made what's different too about World of Warcraft is the way they handled the quest was actually pretty brilliant. I think because WoW never had this kind of like main story quest. You always had all these sub quests. So like if you you know you start in uh in uh Goldshire area, you can start doing some quests over there, and then you can go to like you know if you want you can just grind all this quest and just do nothing, and then go you go to uh, Westshire and just start doing shit over there. Or you go to Red Ridge Mountain to start doing quests over there. There was not like this one linear quest you had to do to progress throughout the entire yeah, game. The quests were location-based. Yeah, exactly. They're location-based hubs. So every location, every hub has their own quest, and they're independent from each other, which was fine, you know, because you could grind in between, go to the hubs you like, and do those quests, and skip the ones you don't like. And I thought, I thought that was okay. I think Guild Wars 2 is kind of the gold standard of modern MMORPG questing. There's still flaws in the questing system itself, but that process of basically... Going anywhere in the world, doing any quest you want, and having dynamic quests, that's actually brilliant, I think. That works really well. But what we see in MapleStory 2, because this kind of triggered this conversation with my brother and I, and, and Final Fantasy 14 and a lot of newer MRPGs, is you have this main story quest, where these are the quests you can't skip. You, you have, have to do them. You gotta do them, yeah. And, and I think Revelation Online had this problem as well. You have to do this main story quest. And the main story quest is such a linear nonsense, where if you ever skip this quest, you're just never going to level. So we as veterans know not to skip the main story quest, we just do them. But new players kind of bump into this weird issue where they just they go out to town and start grinding and they get lost to quit the game. And this makes it harder for new players to enter the MMORPG market. Like it doesn't make sense if you're not if you haven't played dozens of MMORPGs before. It, this this formula is actually like pants on head retarded. It just it's just counterintuitive and weird. And honestly, it's not fun. I, like I'm 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 still mega excited for MapleStory 2. I played the closed beta, I'm gonna talk more about it later. But the one part of MapleStory Maple Story 2 that I hate is this main story quest. That's actually the weakest part. Just going from one spot to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, doing these main story quests, which is just nonsense. I think the way Maple Story One handled it with the grind was actually more fun. Maple Story One had tons of quests, but they never—they were never required. 
you can just you can just grind all day if you want. But you could do the it almost had the WoW model where you could go to certain areas, do those quests, and go somewhere else and do those quests with the theme dungeons and everything else. Yeah, it's funny, and the funniest part of the story, guys, is the fact that questing initially when it came out in WoW, questing always existed. But people in chat have mentioned things like RuneScape. They've mentioned, you know, I, we, Omar and I played EverQuest, uh, Dark Age of Camelot. There were a few quests, you know, here and there, but they were interesting. They were, you know, valuable content for like uh, certain items. You did them for certain very specific items yeah. or, or lore. Like you didn't just do them to progress. Um, when WoW introduced this whole linear, you know, beginning to end questing thing, it was actually seen as a way to make the genre more accessible, right? Because Mm-hmm. One of the problems with the genre before was they were way, you had no idea how to even like move in these games. Like EverQuest, like you would just get lost and fall in a pit and you can't get out and you got to quit, you know? Or in Ultima Online, you die, you're a ghost, what do you do? You're lost, you, you give up. So questing initially was to make things uh, more accessible. But I think over the years, it's actually became a, a huge roadblock for the genre. It's actually mm-hmm. It actually makes things less accessible now, which is odd, right? It, it came in as to make it accessible. And now it's one of the core problems making it inaccessible. Yeah, it's it's really something else. And, and so I imagine, yeah, it's weird. Right? There are there are a couple of games uh, people have also mentioned in chat of games trying to fix this. Uh, two that come to mind are The Elder Scrolls Online and Guild Wars Two. Both do a variant of kind of scaling everything to match you. In ever you know, in Elder Scrolls Online, the monsters uh, always match your level, whereas in Guild Wars Two, you kind of de level to match the le- monsters mm-hmm. level. So sa- same uh, same result, I guess, but a different path to it. In both, but these games I feel uh, suffer from a different issue. Uh, and it's an issue plaguing I feel a lot of single-player games too, a lot of open-world games. Just c- content bloat, quest bloat. You know, like every zone you go to in ESO or uh, Guild Wars 2 has a few good quests. Like I remember playing ESO, there were some really interesting quest lines, but then there were so many they were just filler. And it's very easy. And I, I would ask people, "Oh, I'm so I'm so tired of doing these quests." They go, "Oh, skip them." Now, for a veteran player who's like making an alt or, or you know, is doing a review of the game or whatever, mm-hmm. they can just skip it. But if you're a new player and coming to new, there's so much um, stress when you ask to skip content. Or if, most new players, when they start a game, they want to do the content they run into, right? It, it, you know, it's a little, everyone's a little bit of a completionist at first in a new game. So mm-hmm. you can't just skip content or, or ask people to skip this useless content because they're not going to do it. They're going to they're gonna try doing it all. They're going to get exhausted. And some will skip it eventually. Some will just, you know, be like, oh, this is too much. I'm done. But the so, fact that you have the option of skipping it is, is a good thing, I think, Guild Wars 2. Whereas you can't really skip the main story no, no, quest. You know? It's definitely better. Yeah. I, I do want to say that. Yeah. Yes, Guild Wars 2, you also have a better system than the linear quest. Start and you finish. do feel rewarded, though. When you, compl- when you get full completion in an area, you fill up those hearts. Doing all those meaningless quests to fill up those hearts. There was something about that system that kind of, like, made me happy when I, when I did the completion thing. You know, or when, you get, when you discover all the points of interest, when you discover the whole map. That was actually, I, I thought that part was really, really neat. It, it's neat, but I think it comes at a cost. I'd rather have less content. You know, less is more. Less, more meaningful, yeah. More meaningful. Because I remember I was playing Guild Wars 2. I was having a good time. I got to one of the major cities, right? And like you said, yeah. there's literally like a 20 vistas to discover in that town. Oh, yeah. I you spent two, and you see all that yeah, shit. You got to do all this crap. So I spent two hours in that town doing all this. And it kind of drained me. Like I, After I finished, I was like, oh, oh, I can log out now. I'm done. Like, So I, I actually feel that hurt my... Um, involvement in the game because i felt like i had to finish you know I'm like i'm never coming to the zone again after i finish this right so i better get all this done now and and that's just kind of drained me so i don't know i don't, I don't know what the solution maybe the solution is hide it don't let me see all the vistas you know like don't uh, make me make me like you know have to go out of my way to learn they're there so i don't know. I, I think that would be a problem if there was other ways to progress other way uh, other stuff to do in them more pg like you can have all the all those quests if they're kind of meh as long as there's other stuff to do 
Like, I think EverQuest is a good example. Like, questing was never the primary form of progression the way it is in modern MMORPGs. EverQuest had quests, but they were always kind of hidden because you'd like actually walk into an NPC and click the H button. H is for hail. So you would say hail NPC name and they'd, and they'd talk to you. And you had to click through these really weird like keywords to get to the quest that you want to do. It was kind of counterintuitive, and most people never did quests in that game for that reason. They would just grind. But like, a lot of the quests kind of helped develop the game's lore, and it kind of had meaning because of that. It wasn't a, it, it, the worst kind of quest that you see in every game today. And every game has this, and I hate it. Is there's a guy standing, and you, you got an exclamation mark on his head. You talk to him for the quest. He goes, "Oh, I, I need you to get seven lily flowers for me because I'm making this potion. Go collect seven lily flowers." And what do you know? There's seven lily flowers literally right next to this dude in his garden and you, you walk up to each one and you left click on it a little progress bar fills up you do it seven times you hand it to this guy you get experience like why did i do that there was a, a complete utter waste of time like there, there's no meaning there there's no there was no effort made put into that quest it, it was just it's literally filler content oh yeah it's it's literally like a rat in a maze i'm telling you and mm -hmm. here's an anti-test okay for for questing uh for developers out there if it's not worth, if, if players won't read the quest te text, okay, it should not be in the game. If you if, if the quest is not interesting and enough to for the to warrant, you know, actually looking at for the player, then don't put it in the game. Don't like I said, don't have a quest where it's asking you to fix pick you know pick these flowers and the flowers are literally at the guy's feet. You know, like don't yeah. just don't have that in the game. And sometimes less is more to that degree. Yeah, and definitely. With, with everyone's example too, like not everyone's going to read it, but like when you have something that's so devoid of meaning with the, with the flowers, right? That's literally devoid of meaning. It was a completely pointless quest. It was EverQuest quest I remember pretty distinctly because I, I haven't done many, very many quests in EverQuest because it was never a very questy game. It was a very grindy game. There was a quest in Quinos that I, I, I discovered. Uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a task collection quest. It was a very low level quest. I was very high level at the time. And I remember you talked like 12 people and like six NPCs in town. And you, you, you're representing the city of Quenos and you want to collect the taxes from the citizens, right? So you would hail them and like the shopkeeper would be like, ah, my business is not very good, but he, here's your tax money, right? So you, you get six of these coins from every NPC you talk to. And the fifth NPC you got to, he, he's like, you know what? Screw, screw the government. I don't want to pay my taxes. You guys never do anything for me. Like, screw the government. And he wasn't paying his taxes, right? So like, what do I do? Like, no matter what, I, what dialogue option I talk with this guy, he won't give me his taxes. So I'm like, hmm, there's probably a way to do this. Maybe like find out what's bothering him. And like, he's like, you know, maybe some ruffians are robbing him. I got to take care of that. But you know what? If this guy ain't paying his taxes, I'm going to make him pay his taxes. So I literally pull up my sword and kill him. Right. Awesome. So I kill the NPC in town. I got to do it when the guards aren't patrolling. Because the way, like, when you kill an NPC in town, if the guard sees it, they'll kill you. And the guards are stupid high level. So I killed this NPC and I looted the, the, the tax money off him. Right. He still had that coin on him, so you could actually get the coin by doing the correct quest or literally killing the guy. I was, you know, I was very serious business about collecting my taxes for the city. All right, so I handed the quest in. I lost a shit ton of reputation for murdering some innocent guy in town, but gotta pay your taxes, buddy. And it was totally not worth it because I got like no experience because it was a mega low level quest. But for some reason, this memory of this quest kind of still sticks with me because there was probably multiple ways to do it, and I, I went with the retard approach of just killing the guy. That's amazing that, that that would work. That you can actually complete the quest yeah. that way. Yeah. So I, I would imagine if you kill him, like he drops no loot, because like very often in MMORPGs, if you kill an NPC, he could be NPC can be carrying a sword and a shield and armor. When you kill him, he's carrying nothing. And that happens all the time in MMOs. And I think uh, one one uh, feature uh, that I do think is okay in games uh, is the reputation system. Like mm -hmm. uh, it's a good way to kind of have the middle ground. So instead of kill quests, like kill five rats for me, and then the next guy asks you to kill ten wolves, just have one guard in town. And EverQuest did this as well. He says to you, I'm, I'm, you know, we're trying to get rid of the null problem. Uh, so if you give us fangs, we'll give you, we'll reward you for however many fangs you give us. So it's mm -hmm. like an unlimited uh, kill quest, right? In that sense. 
it makes sense. It makes yeah, a lot yeah, of sense yeah. too. Thematically, it makes sense. So I don't mind uh, kill quests, but they should just, instead of having like, mo like instead of having five hundred kill quests in your game, right? Just have one in each region for each kind of monster, and then have that guy collect like an ear from from like orcs, right? Or ears, mm -hmm. and, and no matter what level orcs you get, like you know, level one orcs, five orcs, ten orcs, you just hand those ears to him, and he and he gives you reputation or whatever. Instead of grinding individual like five, ten, twenty kill quests. And, and the worst feeling when you're playing an MMORPG, and we've all been through this, okay? You open your quest log and you have like 30 quests. Your quest log is too full. From all these bullshit quests you, you took and you never completed them. It just, and you don't know which ones to get rid of because some might be important, you know? And it just, it, it, Final Fantasy XIV right now, if I click on my quest log, it's always full. It's perpetually full of these garbage quests. And I don't know which ones to get rid of, which ones to keep. So it just, I try not to even click my quest log because I'm kind of, you know, worried about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and uh, that's actually, someone in chat mentioned a good point. So Bless kind of, at least with the kill quest, kind of does a good uh, middle ground. Oh, a very good job. Yeah, so, I, I, I distinctly remember it. From what I remember, there are still kill quests like you get in town, right? Mm -hmm. There are still kill yeah. quests you get in town. But if you just kill like a random mob when you're exploring, uh, it'll you'll auto get like a little side quest that says like, you know, kill 20 of this monster, 10 of this monster. So yeah. it's a good middle ground. But there are still kill quests in Bless. So it's a little bit of both. And when you actually get that kill quest, which, like you know, you wander around town, you, you kill a rat, you have a quest, you have a, you have a, uh, a quest to kill ten rats. Now, when you do that, you can actually hand it immediately, and you get experience right away. You know, you have to bring that to an NPC in town. And if I remember correctly, too, there's actually tiers of those quests as well. So mm -hmm. you might, after you kill ten, you might kill twenty next, and then thirty next, and you get experience every single time. It's actually, I think, a really good system. Like Bless Online, Bless still has the main story quest problem, which I, I don't like that system. It, it still has main story quests. But the fact that you have these, you know, kill quests basically anywhere in the world, you can hand it anywhere when you do them, is it, super nice. Just having to go back and forth, hand these in is kind of stupid there too. But I think Bless has a pretty good, uh, at, least, at least that part of the quest system is good. But the, the entire questing system, though, is fundamentally a problem in MMORPGs. And there's got to be a better way of handling progression. I, I, I just hate the linear main... That, the worst system, I think, is this linear main story quest that games like Bless, Final Fantasy XIV, Maple Story 2, Revelation Online use. It just, it's bizarre. Like, at least... The beauty, at least World of Warcraft, you have the hubs. At least it, the, the hub system works better, I think. Just don't have this main story quest that you have to do. And and more and also important, I feel, is make a difference between questing and grinding. I'm okay with questing being more efficient, but you mm -hmm. know, make it possible, viable, to keep up by just grinding. So if you, for players who want to skip, not all the quests, but certain quests, like, or if they just accidentally don't run into the right quest line and start a new chain. Just let them let them be able to progress and progress. It's just it's such a small thing, but I feel like a lot of players just fall off, uh, you know, the, the 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 straight and narrow path, and then they just quit because they just get lost. I, I literally couldn't imagine putting like a new player who like let, let's say a COD bro, let's say I put a Call of Duty bro in front of my PC. He plays console games. He doesn't really play RPGs too often, you know. And and he he sits down with Final Fantasy fourteen, and like after the tutorial, like at the beginning, like quest, like he, he's not even gonna know. To talk to the like, the, the difference between main story quest and regular quest is like the, the kind of ex exclamation that question mark that appears over their head. There's like a border behind the, <laughs> the question mark. That's the only difference. And like, that doesn't mean anything to you if you're if you've never played these games before. You will literally get lost immediately. I can guarantee you, ninety percent of people that don't play in more PGs, if you put them in front of like and give them a free trial, maybe they want to try it. They download the Final Fantasy fourteen trial on their own. They're going to get lost because if you don't play these games, they're, they're counterintuitive. Yeah, they really are. They 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 put so many obstacles in the way for new players to get used to the genre, just, and it, they rely too much on tropes that uh, veterans are yeah. used to. So they keep catering to that same audience that keeps bouncing between games because because we're the only ones who can figure this shit out. Like who have the you know who, who bother to figure it out.
it's just it's just so sad because the MRPG genre really has been stagnating for years. And I think the the player pool is getting older too. I think the yeah. average MRPG player is probably older than the average like shoot you know, FPS player by far because new players I don't think there are very many young people that get into these kinds of games, unfortunately. Indeed. Well, when you mentioned Blessed, if there's anything else to say about this, uh, I do want to hear your thoughts on the yeah. question, guys. Uh, do you guys agree with us? Disagree with us? Does anyone out there like this whole was, like yeah. quest after quest after quest after quest from level one to max that you got to do? Uh, if so, share your thoughts in the comments, and we'll see what you got to say. And, and if we get a fix for it, if it's a clever solution to this, I think it'd be great. I think the only, I think the best solution though, personally, is. You have to go back to a like a RuneScape or Ultima Online style system where, you know, the the world is like basically you're not just you can you you can progress in crafting, you can progress in combat, you can do things on your own pace, and just the quests aren't really forced. But who knows? You know, if anybody has a clever solution, do let us know. We'll read them next week if they're interesting. But we should talk a little bit about Blast. That is a oh yeah a huge release and it's right around the corner. Uh, in case you guys didn't already know, it's launching on May 28th for anyone that buys the Founders Pack or May 30th for everyone else. The cheapest founders pack is twenty nine ninety nine, though or is it thirty nine thirty nine ninety nine or twenty? Which, which one of those? And the most expensive one, which created a bit of controversy, is two hundred dollars. So, what do you think about that? I'll take two hundred bucks for a founders pack. I actually think they messed up big time. First of all, hmm. that two hundred dollar um, founders pack actually comes with a second copy of the game. So, hmm. you, uh, which apparently has a forty dollar value. I right? think that that's the minimum price. Well, the minimum founders pack is gonna be different, I think, than the because you know if you buy the cheapest founders pack, you still get access to uh the the two day head start, right? So presumably the actual retail copy of the game will be cheaper than the, the cheapest founders pack. Okay, so what thirty? I'd say. So anyway, yeah, Instead like of pricing it at two hundred, they should have just not included that extra copy and made it like one sixty or one seventy, whatever it would have been. Because mm-hmm. I think the sticker shock of that two hundred really pissed people off online, and to good for for a good reason. You know, like why are you paying two hundred bucks for this? Uh, for, you know, for for a digital founders pack, right? It's not like you're getting this collectible like uh, marble statue or some bullshit. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not a fan of the two hundred is way too high. They, sh- I think, I think they could have got away with one fifty tops. And they yeah, could dollars is a lot of money. Yeah. Like who? I don't know. It's just weird that like they can get away with two hundred bucks for like this this Asian MRPG that like you know it just they spent a lot of money on. It. Obviously, it's like one of the most expensive. Like they they poured millions into this game. It was on our list. I think over fifty million dollars on Bless, mm-hmm. but. Or who's got 200 bucks to blow on a founder's pack for, for Bless, you know? Some people are mega rich. It, yeah, and I, and again, like I said, there are some people out there that do like collecting founders. And remember, a founder's pack is supposed to be like a collector set almost, you know? Like, it's mm-hmm. gotta, I, I think it's okay if you buy this like nice mahogany box, you know, you get the little statue of the guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like a little art book or something, you know? Also, uh, imagine they gave you like a vinyl soundtrack for the game. Because, you know, Hans Zimmer made the soundtrack for this game. That's so, true, yeah. So an actual $200 collector's edition where you get like an art physical, book. Yeah. A physical, you got an art book, physical art book, a physical like disc for the soundtrack. Soundtrack, yeah. Uh, and like a little statue or whatever. That would have been a good deal. I think that would have been good. They would have gained a lot of good, uh, what's the word when they give like people like you? Goodwill. 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 Yeah, yeah. Rather, they got ire from the internet, you know? So it's like they, they messed up. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's a digital it's a digital thing too. But you're getting uh, 90 days of premium membership and you're getting uh, some in-game currency as well, the Lumenas. But what really caused uh, the biggest, I would say, um, controversy is the inclusion of something called uh, like exclusive premium customer support, which is which is a bit odd, you know. Uh, that that's not necessarily a, a pay-to-win thing. I think um, uh, Cry made a good video on his opinions on it. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal anyway, because like how often are you really submitting tickets for more PG support anyway? 
I played Final Fantasy 14 for like over two years now. Never submitted even one ticket. Uh, in most, I'm trying, trying to think like in Maple Story, I've never even thought about contacting support. Like, why are you contacting support? Like, unless something really drastically bad happens, like something actually glitches out completely, yeah, then you can submit tickets anyway. But if your ticket gets answered a couple days later, I don't think that's really a, like a pay to win issue or a big deal, really. I mean, I know people might hate me for saying that, but I, I'm not going to buy the $200 Friday's pack. And I think 200 bucks for, you know, basically anything is, is, is way too expensive. But if somebody wants to, you know, pay that kind of money and get faster ticket replies, I don't necessarily think that's a big deal or it's it's inherently unfair. So because the reality is we, we see that in every, if, you, if you're a high roller to casino, spoilers, you get the, the hostess, you get free comp buffets, you get better service. Spoilers, if you have money in the bank, the bank treats you better. You have you literally have premium customer support at a bank if you meet uh, certain minimum threshold deposits and, and lower fees and lower everything, better everything. This applies to every facet of like life. So this part, that it, they're not really giving an advantage with that, like a pay to an advantage. So, okay, I know it comes with premium, uh, 90 days premium, right? So do you need to have premium in order to get that premium customer support? Or is that a founder's pack thing regardless? Like, let's say your time expires. Do you still have access to the uh, I think you do. I think I think you do. Because otherwise, because it comes exclusive with the $200 pack. not Because you have a 30-day premium membership with the standard edition as well. But, but no customer support. No, I guess not. Well, no, you still have customer. You don't. You don't have premium customer premium. support. Okay, so premium customer support only comes with the two hundred dollar one. Yes, and presumably it doesn't expire. Presumably, Either. yes. Pres- okay. Again, I do recognize that customer support is the most expensive part of Mo. We we've talked about this before. It was actually pretty surprising when uh, when Blizzard revealed that the most expensive part of, of maintaining WoW was not making new content, was not the servers, it was customer support. I mean, what the thing is, like Blizzard actually offers real customer support. Like, I can't imagine Nexon offers like the same level. Of like support that Blizzard does with the, with a monthly subscription, so I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it's still a thing, but I, I've personally never had issues in any of the games I really played, so I don't view that as a pay to win thing. Like that's not like a big deal to me. Time will tell what the actual cash up ends up looking like, and then we'll learn if there's some some pay to win issues or not. I have a funny story uh, about customer support, and hmm. uh, and maybe this has something to do with I guess free games not having good support. So uh, my name is Erhan Altai, right? And apparently. I share a name with some admin or previous admin who ran some football online free-to-play game in Turkey, okay? Mm-hmm. It's some kind of browser or mobile app game, right? It's a shitty game. But but almost every day, I get a, I get a PM from some guy on Twitter requesting, like, to be my friend or requesting PMs to me, saying something. He, he's imploring me in Turkish. Please. He thinks I'm the guy who run, ran this shitty game, right? He's like, oh, mm-hmm. please. Like, this, the game is falling apart since you left. Like, uh, the new admins are no mm-hmm. good. They're like, they're like, you know, corrupt. You have to come back. You got to save super football stars. You know, like it's all on you, Erhan Altai. And then uh, save it. So that apparently he could see when I clicked it, right? He could see that the message was red. So now he sent me another one. He's like, I, I, I saw the message was red. So I know you're reading these. Please, please respond to me. Save the game. Like, I, I, I don't know what to say to this guy. Like, I'm not, I'm not the person who he thinks I am. <laughs> but I guess the real support, I guess, is not, it's not answering his pleas or whatever. Uh, it, it's just so. Funny. It was you, Altai. Admit it. Admit it, Altai. It was you. Yeah, so, you know, people are weird because they can't get the support um, from these free games. So they go wherever they can, like to, to, yeah. the, to the free mods on the forum, to, on the forums or on Facebook or whatever, or Twitter. So it's, it's, a, it's a mess. I can't imagine this happening in WoW. Like, imagine someone messaged me because they looked up on a, someone who worked at Blizzard had my name. Like, please, my character's locked in WoW. Can you please unlock it? Please, please, admins won't respond to me. It doesn't happen in a real game. It only happens in these, you it's know. It's a hand to handle it, well. And actually, like, that, that's reminds you as well. We get, you know. My Omer at Mmos.com email address gets at least one email every single week of somebody uh, looking for support in a mobile game. Very often it's a mobile game. So some kid will find a mobile game on Mmos.com and like 
they'll have a problem with the game, right? And they'll go back to mmos.com and find my email address and message me like, hey, my name is like, my account name is BillyBandit79 and I'm on server number 15 for like uh, Castle Clash. And like my, my jams are bugged out. Like, help me fix it. My account number is this. Like, fi- you know, what do I do? I'm like, bro, go contact support. I, I have nothing to do with this game. Why, why are you emailing me? <laughs> this happens once a week, literally once a week. And one time I got an email from, uh, maybe I should, I should probably show it should be pretty funny, but uh, I got an email from a mother saying like, oh, my, my son spent like $400 on, on uh, Clash Royale or something. And like, here are the receipts. And I, I see the receipts. They spent like over $400 in this game. Like, I, this is my rent money. I need this money back immediately. Like, send it back. You know, it was a mistake. I'm like, uh, you should contact them. Like, I'm sure you get a refund. Uh, I wish you luck, but like, this is not the support email. Like, I have nothing to do with this game. This happens all the time, and it never happens for WoW. It happens to mobile games all the time. In fact, I'm pretty sure it only happens with mobile games. Yeah, I, I guess these mobile games have like no support. Like, yeah. I, I imagine if you spend money on some of these Chinese mobile games, it just it's just tough luck. You know, there's there's no there's no you can't reach out. There's nothing. Uh, what a yeah. If you spend money on these mobile games, yeah, these browser games, your money's in the Cayman Islands and it's gone. All right, there, there ain't nobody answering your emails. Mm-hmm. So that's why you got to pay for your premium support at Bless. All right, it's actually again at least once a week, and it, I've seen actually Google Voice, the Google um, Store invoices too. People spend a lot of money on these mobile games and they're looking for support. I mean, you think somebody that spends four hundred dollars on a mobile game, there's like some kind of system to like you know at least help them out if something happens. Like they're clearly like willing to spend money, but it's weird that they kind of contact me, and I'm like, bro. The funny thing is, I could probably be like, "Yo, yeah, I'll help you, buddy. Just give me your password." Like, I could probably take their account if I wanted to. Like, I would never do that. I would never actually do that because, like, whatever. You know, I feel bad for them. Go. I hope they get the support they're looking for. You should, you should just respond. Did you uh, pay for the premium customer support package? Uh, that's the only way we can help you. Sorry. Oh, that'd be pretty funny, actually. That'd be pretty crazy. But yeah, mobile games aren't going to have any support, so it, it's still a big deal. But uh, I mean. Uh, by the way, the, the base copy of Bless is twenty nine ninety nine. The cheapest founders pack is thirty nine ninety nine. So it's ten dollars off if you wait till uh, the thirtieth. Uh, I'm gonna give it a try. I'm excited to try it. So, I mean, I played the the, the Russian version as well. But yeah. as I said in previous podcasts, it's it's fun because of the challenge early on, which is which is something we don't see in a lot of games. I'm hoping that challenge and I'm hoping the optimizations are enough to kind of carry the game because it was unoptimized before. If they fix that, I think it's got a chance to do well. I don't think it's gonna be revolutionary like. This, giant next big game you know but i also don't think it's gonna flop right away either i think to be in the middle ground and hopefully that middle ground is enough to support the game's development uh yeah i'm actually looking forward to being able to actually read my skills and know what they do because in the previous versions it was russian with um a machine translation so you had no clue what your skills did they were just they're the dumbest like uh translations and you Mm -hmm. just had to like guess what they did um but this time we can actually read what they do it's it's gonna be a little more action oriented, they say, but I'm I'm gonna have to see how they did that. I'm I'm mm-hmm. not sold on that. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how the whole action thing goes. And with um with the game's like difficulty, I think it's actually one of the few that that's really a staple or a talking point for the game, because of all the MRPs I've played recently, it just it just you really you physically cannot die until late game until you start challenging like more difficult content. And the thing about uh, doing Bless was when you did the dungeons, even like the level 10 dungeons, level 20 dungeons, like we died all the time. We, we streamed ourselves playing these. We wiped all the time. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I think there's something to be said about early content that's actually somewhat challenging because you don't have to do the dungeon if you don't want to. You can just grind the easy stuff. But like having the difficult content and giving you the option of doing it is, I think, might actually work well for the game. Because if you look at Soul Worker Online, it's a relatively obscure game. It's by, you know, Game Forge, not a huge company. It's a relatively obscure game, and it's very similar in its core principles to Critica and, and Closers, right? But 
but all of a sudden, Soul Worker has got over 3,000 concurrent players on average. And these other two games didn't even come close to that number. Like, I think, and the only real difference, like, in principle and game design, the only real difference in gameplay is the fact that Soul Worker is actually harder from the gate. Right from the get-go, you know, there was, you could die. And when I played Soul Worker, I actually, like, looked forward to getting new gear because I needed new gear. If I didn't get new gear, it would slow down my progression. I might actually die. I, I've died numerous times in Soul Worker. Whereas when I played closer, it just, I just whack my, whack my hands on the keyboard. I, I just grind to, you know, towards the more difficult content. Like Final Fantasy XIV and WoW are the same way. These games, there's actually, the Mythic Raids in WoW are very difficult, as are the Savage Raids in Final Fantasy, but you don't, you don't encounter difficulty until endgame. And having that difficulty, at least somewhat in the early game present, is I think what makes Soul Worker, and it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to make Bless kind of stand apart from other games. And it, it just, I don't know, it just, I don't know why games don't have this optionality of having some difficult content. It just, it blows my mind. When we've seen Soul Worker get some attention for doing it, and I loved when Bless had it, but I don't know. There, there, there must be a reason why other games don't do it. Uh, I don't know, but do you, but here's the thing. Do you think the $30 base price will, I guess, put off a lot of players? Like, do you 30 think bucks it, is a lot. It, yeah, especially on Steam. Everything on Steam is like you know, 5 bucks these days. And Black Design Online launched for $9.99, didn't it? That was like literally yeah. their Steam launch like promotion too. And I think before Steam, was it like 20 it was nineteen ninety nine, I think, when it first launched. It went on Steam at nine ninety nine, and they had regular five dollars sales. So yeah. it's it's coming in at a fifty percent higher price point too. I think I think it will turn off some people. It's definitely a bit pricier, but I mean, it it depends on what we get. I think um, there'll be a lot of big streamers on it day one, so I, th I think it'll do. I think they'll have a pretty strong launch only because of how much money they're gonna be spending on marketing and everything. So I think so. It, I think so. A bit much though. It's definitely it's been on the pricey side. Yeah, I, I hope there is a sale uh, during the summer sale on Steam, or is it already passed? I don't know. Yeah. But the next sale hopefully gets bumped down to like, you know, 15, 20 bucks tops. Pakaki said content's being too hard can be bad on a game too. A game full of wolves and not enough sheep can be death of a community. Yeah, Pak, that was a good article on Ultima Line with kind of that headline. But what I'm trying to say is um my ideal like MMORPG, like some ideal there's 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 a good middle ground. I think I think MMORPGs need to have difficult content early on. However, it should never be mandatory. Like you can have the like imagine Final Fantasy 14, World of Warcraft. Critica, you have like the game exactly as is today, but every time you do like, there could be a few optional dungeons, a few optional like areas in the game that are just materially harder. They require like some understanding of the game to get through, and they reward you with some cosmetics or some titles or like a mount, something cool, but nothing like game break, nothing like gameplay related. Just having that in the game will make the leveling process much more engaging. Just have the option to do that stuff there. It shouldn't be. I, I do agree that you can't have it mandatory because having mandatory difficult content early on. It's a turnoff for a lot of people, and I recognize that everyone wants the more difficult experience. But then again, I, we have so worker having that right from the get go and being mandatory, I think was a uh, was interesting because it, the game is still doing well relative to its closest competitors. All right, well, that we will play that on the twenty eighth probably because we will get the founders packs, and I will mm -hmm. be back in Vegas for that. Uh, yeah. And, and people are saying to like you, you don't have to you don't have to buy the founder specs for for bless either because the twenty dollar price points would be like all right like you don't have to buy the twenty dollar pack then I'm I'm not gonna buy twenty dollar pack and I imagine most people won't either but you know you can wait till you know if you can see the cash shop make a decision after you've seen other people play the game and then decide if you want to buy it for yourself or not you know and buy the thirty dollar pack somebody mentioned he's got hundreds of hours of fun on a video by spending only ten bucks and that's really the best way to go about it too you know you don't have to spend crazy amounts of money on these games. Though again, with BDO, I feel like if you do want to get invested in BDO, you don't have to spend thousands, but you do this. You you do have to buy all the pets and a few other like mandatory, like, not mandatory, but like it feels mandatory if you want to like progress, you know. So hopefully, bless doesn't kind of nickel and dime too much like that because I, I want to be able to spend 
like 50 bucks and I would be able to at least like generally get the full enjoyment out of the game. Yep. Uh, I got a story if you got anything else. I, okay, right. so I found this interesting. And I hope it's kind of parallels to Bless because as you guys know, Bless is made on the Unreal 3 engine. And I really hope they update that because uh, I think it is important to update it as soon as possible. And one old game that was actually on Unreal 3 is actually being upgraded to Unreal 4 because uh, it has a new owner. So I think a company called Little Orbit has purchased ABP Reloaded. APP Reloaded. Yeah. And the game is first uh, Portal. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I think they're going to shut everything else down, but I'm not sure. But we'll see about that. So I think they're going to shut everything but this down. Uh, I never played this somewhere, and I p- pulled up an old video. Six years ago, you played this game for MMO Hut. Uh, the game is still popular today, actually. So what is it? Is it like GTA Online? Like what is this? Like uh... I, it's just the, yeah. I think GTA Online is, is, a, is a fair is a fair example of, of, of what APP Reloaded is. But before you get that, I want to say there's a fun fact about Gamers First because little little you know this little Orbit company they bought a uh, GamersFirst.com, which uh, Alta, as you know, they used to be a pretty big player in the MRPG publishing scene. Oh, you yeah. know they had Night Online at one point, right? Yep. And do you know what else game they had? Which I you which you probably don't remember. They had Warframe. They were the Warframe? publisher of Warframe. Wow, they let that one go. That was a mistake. Can you believe that? They were the publisher of Warframe. They should have done everything in their power to keep that publishing contract because that was literally that, that's one of the biggest success stories that came out of like free to play gaming, but you know, outside of League of Legends and Dota 2. And they let it go. That's funny. They had a bunch of shitty games too. I remember they had War Rock, um, mm-hmm. a whole lot of awful games. Mm-hmm. But uh, okay, so maybe uh, if Little. Orbit finishes their update. This is, might be a we one. Do, we should do yeah. Friday Grand for it. Yeah, yeah we should. Because sure. I never played it, and it's if it's here's the thing. This game is over six years old, and yet it was worth going out of their way to purchase it. You know, the company. And I really think they bought Gamers First for for this alone. So they paid a lot mm-hmm. of money for the six seven year old, you know, GTAs game. And, I, and they said gonna... the biggest problem was was uh you know uh they want to focus on anti cheating efforts because uh, yep. people say there was hackers. Galore, you know, we're talking like old combat arm style hackers where every game had a hacker, you know. I'm curious uh, if this game, if you guys, you know, in chat played this game or if you know even know what it is. I feel like it kind of ran under my radar. It was supposed to release as a, a premium, you know, buy to play game, um, but then the company making it just went bankrupt, like, and then they got scooped up by uh, Gamers first. first. Yep, and they kind of just rolled with it for six years. It's still going and it's still somewhat relevant, so I think. The fact that the studio bought it is a good thing for players. It clearly shows that, you know, they willing to pour outside money into making this game better. I think it's only going to be a win. You know, up, they, they said right away they're going to release uh, more more updates. They're going to be more transparent with, like, what's coming up for the game. And they're going to be working on anti-cheat efforts, which is definitely a big deal. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, playing it once it's updated to the new engine and all the, you know, hackers are taken care of. I'll give it a shot. Hold on, we we got we got to talk about MapleStory two next because we both played MapleStory two this last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first I think it's the first week since it, yeah, it went on it went live on, on on May 9th, and we've been playing it on and off a few days. And before I, I don't want to get too invested into it because it's going to be wiped on the 16th. But I'm having a lot of fun with this game. So why don't you share your initial thoughts about MapleStory two first, and I'll I'll share mine. Okay, I love the visuals. I know a lot of people say it's kitty whatever, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a very good progression from MapleStory one. So they didn't do the exact same thing, which is good. But whatever what they did did with the blocks really fits the Maple Story theme. It looks beautiful. I love seeing the old mem- enemies I know, the old towns I, I know, but I, I seeing them in 3D with this blocks. Great, you know, great idea. I love the side mm-hmm. stuff, you know, the side mini games, the housing. Um all I love the way the tutorial is also made. 
because rather than just front loading you with all the tutorials for mining, you know, for the all this for guilds, there's a, there's a tutorial for each of the objects in the game. But they don't just make you do it one after another. It's as you're progressing through the world. Sometimes you you get a pop up. Like, do you want to do this tutorial? And it's a reward, you know, coins and experience. And it takes like two minutes to do each one. And and when you're done, it, it plops you back to where you were before. So it's a, it's a great way to do tutorial. You know, it's optional. You do it at your own pace. You get rewarded. They're short and they're spaced out. Uh, so all that is great. My one and only gripe is the linear quest thing that we were talking about. Like I hate the fact that. I found myself just clicking NPC exclamation points, not reading shit, uh, going to the... And, and it's literally an arrow that tells you where to go. So you don't have to think, mm -hmm. you know? You just follow this arrow, click, 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 follow this arrow, click, 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 follow... I didn't read any of the text after the first, like, two. Uh, and it, that's a shame, you know, because there are some cutscenes and stuff. I'm sure it's good, but they got to they gotta have a lot less of it. So it's actually worth reading. It's rare. It's interesting. All right, that's my mm -hmm. spiel. Uh, I agree. I mean, visual and stuff, I'm 100% on board. And I do want to say uh, there's one thing about the game I love right away is the customized content. I think that's what's really going to carry the game. The customizable content along with the mini games and all the side stuff to do. As I said earlier, the weakest part of the game is the core questing gameplay. It's mega weak. It's mega boring. The only positive side is some of the writing is actually pretty well done. I, I do recommend you actually read the tutorial stuff. It's actually, it's actually, it's, it's silly. The writers at Nexon do a pretty good job. If you, if you read any of the dialogue in Maple Story 1 with the theme dungeons, it's actually pretty good and, and pretty entertaining. But obviously, you don't have to read it. You can skip it as well. But uh, I love the customizable content. And and this picture that I'm going to ask you to share on stream is going to kind of encompass everything I'm talking about with MapleStory. MapleStory 2, which I think is going to be amazing. And it oh, also kind of yeah. raised a few alarm bells of like what could go wrong. So <laughs> in this picture, uh, one of, one of, as I was streaming this, one of, one of the viewers actually goes, hey, meet me in uh, Alinea. I want to show you my, my character. And their character is literally, they took a picture of my face from Twitter, and they imported it into the game. And, and, and they literally just, you can just see my face on their character. So literally every aspect of this game, you can customize all your clothing, your, your, as well as your weapons, as well as your house, as well as your mounts. So you can literally import everything from outside the game into the game. And the beauty, the beauty of this is that there is no pre-required approval. It's not like you import it and the game says, okay, we're going to verify it's safe for work. Before it's automatically approved. And this message says, warning, don't do anything inappropriate. You have to check mark that. Okay, but just think of all the, all the horrible things that's going to happen. Oh like think God. of think how many swastikas are going to be in the game. Think how many like it's going to go crazy. I, I saw it just in the closed beta. In, in a controlled environment, where there's only a certain number of players in the game. It's a little easier to moderate, but I can already imagine it's going to go crazy. But I love the, the 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 thought process behind this because I think we can all agree that fashion is the end game of any MMORPG, and if and what's beautiful is that people are going to make their own, uh, import their own models into the game, and you can actually trade those imported items with other people. So you can actually like make like anime costumes and sell them in the game's auction house to other people. So it, it, there's a very strong incentive to actually create really cool costumes. They can be original stuff as well, or to make it based on popular animes and other video games. It just it's remarkable, and, and it really just works. Like if you do the tutorial, like you, you, very early on, you'll get some like blank piece of gear, and you can actually like click on it and then click like customize and it'll actually pop up MS paint and you can literally just put your own patterns into the game it's that simple and I, it's just it, my mind is blown with what the, the potential that we're going to see i think that i think this, i don't know for sure but i think it's only going to be in the closed beta i think in open beta and release this uh whole custom image thing it's is not gonna, though it's going to be cash up because otherwise you're going to have 4chan people making like 100 accounts 100 people thousand people Getting to level 5, 10, 20, whatever it has to be, right? It doesn't take that long. Mm -hmm. These people have lots of time. 
and they're just gonna just raid like those old Habit hotel raids with the pools closed. Yeah, there's gonna be like in the middle of the popular city, all all of a sudden, boom, like a thousand, you know, like swastikas or, or PP the frogs are gonna come up. Uh, it's just not. It, they're gonna have to uh, control it. I've already seen Pepe's in 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 the capital city in the game. Like there was a guy literally standing around with a full Pepe outfit, and his weapon was a Pepe as well, and he had a little the full Pepe face. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not like offensive. I don't think. actually. It is. Isn't it? Isn't that marked as a hate symbol? Is a, well, according to Southern Poverty Law Center, which is like some quasi authoritative source on this, it is an official hate symbol. Well, learn something new every day, guys. But uh, it's just. But I, I played the Korean version too, and it also had the same kind of um, like the same system where everything goes, and this goes beyond character models. And I think they're going to be moderating it pretty heavily. And I think maybe the in order to get the blank canvas. It'll be a cash up item. So in order to like do the weird raids and do the offensive stuff, it'll cost you money, right? But even with that in place, I think it's the best way of like it's the best customization system I've seen because of that. Where you'll see literally, you know, infinite potential what people can do, even if it costs money. Because I think if people buy the outfits, they can sell it with, for in-game currency as well. So you can still access it without you know spending money. I want to show you a clip too because this this system applies not just to costumes to, to houses as well. If you see player housing in the game. Wallpapers are all imported directly to the game. There's a really interesting house in the in the capital city. If I see if I, I know I clipped it a while ago. If I can find it, take me a second though. But I, I'm a big fan. Oh, well, why, why are you looking for that? Uh, do you know that uh, Pepe has competition now? There's a new frog in town. Have you heard what? of this boy? His name is Groiper. So if you are in for some uh, next level racism or hate symbols, this guy is a. Uh, the next one. <laughs> he he looks like a gay Pepe. <laughs> Just marvel right. at his beauty. Alright, so I'm gonna drop the link right here. This is a this is a short Twitch clip of uh of what other people are doing in the game already. This is actually called the Waifu Mansion. And it's in the capital city. And the housing is persistent as well. So one aspect of Maple Story 2 I absolutely love is the persistent world housing. So this is just a house with literally uh, anime wallpapers everywhere. You can see all the waifus oh in the background. Oh my god. <laughs> and isn't this amazing, though, that, that you can do this? This is just, again, you're going to see the most wacky and bizarre things. And I love it, though. It's actually, like, all this kind of customization, it, it actually, like, this is your house, you know? If you customize your house and your own wallpapers, like, it's your place. Like, it, it actually, me it feels more meaningful. Because you, you're not just customizing with, like, five different predetermined patterns. You can put literally whatever you want. And obviously, when you mix player customized content with, you know, an anime-looking game, it's going to be a recipe for, like, mega weeby stuff. And obviously, you're going to see a lot of anime stuff. But you're going to see, like, really, like, non-anime stuff, too, I'm sure. And I, I, I love what I see so far. And all this is on top of, like, the regular game as well. Like, there's an MRPG world built here as well. And I love that all the side stuff, like, is in the game. And it's not just the, the customizable content as well. One of my favorite parts of MapleStory 2 is the minigames. It has all these Mario Party-like minigames built in, mm -hmm. which you don't have to do if you don't want to. But like, it, it really makes it feel like a world where you can choose to either like work on your customized like, customized shit. You can choose to, you know, do housing stuff. You can do crafting stuff. You can do grinding stuff. You can do combat stuff. You, you know, you can do a whole bunch. You can just do mini games with your friends. There's even a single-player mini games where you can just compete to see who gets the best score on these random mini games. And there's a, there's a leaderboard, so you can compete with everyone on the server for that. But the mini games themselves are actually really fun. There are these Mario Party-esque games with like 100 players. There are races. There's platforming. There's a whole bunch of them as well. So all that stuff, I think, works really well together. And it's the first time we've seen an MRPG try to do something outside of the core gameplay. MapleStory 2 has the core gameplay, the core combat, 
which we've already said is probably the weakest part of the game. The questing and the combat is is not so exciting. It's everything else around the game that makes it interesting. But then again, the combat in most MMORPGs is really, you know, very meh usually anyway. Yeah, I don't think anyone plays MMORPGs purely for the combat. Uh, it's it's a mix of, it's a balance of everything. But uh, one issue that someone mentioned in chat earlier with people's story that I didn't think of, but I should have, and it's a good point, is see when I or when, when we were playing MapleStory One, right? We became mm-hmm. intimately familiar with each map, right? Because you spent a lot of oh, time yeah, exploring each map. And I remember each in each of the hunting zones, I had like a, I had like my favorite spot. Now I yeah. know I didn't even look up, look up whether that was like the optimal spot. It's just what I felt good in, you know. You know, what I'm saying like everyone had their spot. You know, this guy was here, that mm-hmm. guy was there. And every time you log in, you go to your spot, you know, like, and it's fun. Like, you, you got to know the area, lay of the land. You knew the you actually made friends with the people in that zone with you. Like, you saw familiar names over and over again, right? Like this guy oh, yeah, at five p.m. You know, this guy was always grinding at the, you know Hanes's hunting grounds or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. The problem with the uh, the progression and the quest system in MapleStory uh, 2 is I never really felt like I got invested in the zones. I just kind of like, I, I, I didn't even explore them. I just kind of like zipped through them because I was trying to do my quest. You know, I was moving from one zone to the other really fast. And part of that might be because closed beta might have faster experience than the actual release mm-hmm. will have. I'm not sure. We don't, are, do you know that for a fact yet? Or uh, No, but people have been saying it. So I'm not, I'm not, it, it's got to be because you get to like level 50 very yeah. quickly. And Leveling is really quick, at least in the closed beta. So I'm, I'm, I'm wonder what it will be like in uh, open beta. Uh, because I don't want to have to, I don't want to explore this whole world, get to the max level, and not really feel like I understand the world. My, you know, I don't know the zones. In most older MRPGs, you know, when you're last level, you had an intimate knowledge of, of the zones you progressed through. Like you could almost draw them, you know, by hand. I don't think this game, MapleStory Two, will have that same, um, uh, I guess, familiarity with the with the zones. And it's worth mentioning again, MapleStory Two is not MapleStory One. I think a lot of people are going into MapleStory Two expecting the MapleStory One experience is going to be disappointed. Because MapleStory One, MapleStory was a great game, by the way. I, I, actually, the, the Steam page for MapleStory has a quote from my old review on MMOHut.com, which said, uh, "MapleStory Two, MapleStory is one of the best free MMORPGs, best MMORPGs of all time." And I stand by that statement. It's actually on Steam, and, I, and they use it as one of their accolades. It's it's a great game, but it, MapleStory Two is radically different. Right from the get go, you're not grinding; you're doing quests, and the questing is very linear. Whereas MapleStory One was not linear. And they both have their pros and cons, obviously. I personally like the, the combat and the grinding experience better in MapleStory 1. But everything else around MapleStory 2 kind of, I think, makes up for that. And I think it's going to make the game more mag- make the game magical. But the, the combat and the, 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 the fact that you don't get intimately familiar with each zone is definitely a detriment. And, but I think that can be overcome. Because I think the combat in MapleStory 1 and, the, and the, the way MapleStory 1 was, it was exceptional. I mean, newer games, I think, kind of suffer from that same problem of the linear quest lines that MapleStory uh, 2 does. So I'm kind of giving that a bit of a pass there for that reason, because every other kind of every other most other MMORPGs suffer from the same problem, but they don't also have the crazy customizable content. They don't have the mini games, and the game runs really well as well. I mean, the it feels very fluid. The the graphics are really sharp and crisp and, and upright. The, the 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 bright colors look really nice. We we got a pretty full stack for MMOs this summer. We got Bless, Maple Story Two, the new WoW expansion. You know, it's be busy you, what are you most excited for? What are you most excited for? Of those three. The correct uh, answer is MapleStory too, but probably let's see which, probably, which, probably Battle for Azeroth. That's you, you pick you pick you picked the wrong choice. MapleStory the wrong one, guys. but I, I will try yeah. all three. Yeah. People, uh, there's no release date for MapleStory two just yet. We only know the close beta. However, uh, I do want to say, while nothing's been announced just yet, bank on it that it's going to launch either June or July. June or July is going to be the latest. I think we'll see the beta in June or July. And the reason behind that is, uh, I think they're going to launch when school ends. 
And actually, if you look at the Nexon earnings report, which came out, uh, I think, last week that you covered all time, there was a slide in there which basically said um, Q2 and beyond is going to be MapleStory 2. And Q2, of course, is uh, uh, April, May, June. So June will be the end of Q2. So they put it in the, under the Q2 area. So June is going to be the most likely release date for MapleStory 2 in, in North America and Europe. So mark your calendars. It's not official just yet, but I'm betting it's going to be June or July. July at the early, at the, at the latest. It's the game I'm most excited for. I want to run through some of the numbers for next time's earnings, if uh, mm-hmm. you don't mind. I, I found some interesting stats in here, uh, namely how small Nexon's PC business is in, uh, in the West, so in America and Europe. So mm-hmm. uh, it's time for some charts, boys. All right, chart gaming. I love charts, boys. So this is Nexon's revenue breakdown uh, for the quarter, for, th- for the last three months. And, mm-hmm. and China makes up 67% of that. And all that is Dungeon Fighter, Fighter Online, pretty much. Yep. Korea is uh, 22%. So between them, that's 89% is Korea and China. So I believe Japan at 3%, North America at 4%, and Europe plus the rest of the world at 4%. So one interesting thing here is uh, for the first time, Japan is actually a smaller market for Nexon than North America or Europe, which historically has not been the case. It's just that their revenues in Japan fell 46% in one quarter. Isn't that amazing? Wow. 46% Did they close the game or something? Uh, they're just the mobile games running out of steam there. But they got 10 more in the works apparently. Also, that's not exactly a fair comparison either because their North American numbers jumped because Nexon recently bought a, a mobile game studio in America and they spent like millions of dollars that's true. on a few mobile games. So those that boosted their North American numbers a bit. That's true. So if we scroll down here, we can see uh, their uh, revenue for these mar- uh, each segment by uh, PC versus mobile. So in North America, for, first of all, uh, North America, total revenue for Nexon is 4,000, uh, $4,000, $4 billion. Uh, Japanese yeah. yen, but let's just use units here. So 4,000 units. Mm-hmm. Uh, of that, 3,200 is mobile. Okay, so that's that's over three quarters. So over 75% of Nexon's North American revenue is mobile. Just 860, you know, less than 20% is, uh, well, less than 25%, I'm not sure it's exact, is actually mm-hmm. PC gaming. So that, that's everything. That's MapleStory, Vindictus, Mabinogi, you know, I mean, that's actually a very small like if you look at all the money Nexon makes from all their PC games in North America, the last quarter it was about seven point eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. That's you know, that's three months of revenue for you know all these big games. That's actually not a lot of money for you know, they employ probably, you know, maybe at least hundred people, probably more than that actually. So it's crazy that their PC revenues are so low versus mobile, which is uh, which is doing really well in America. I mean the overall numbers are very high for PC, pretty much exclusive because of China's success on Dungeon Fighter Online. Uh, they actually list their employees. Uh, I'll bring up the slide where they have the list mm-hmm. for each region. North American staff is 322 last year to 422. Yeah, so now, North American went up because, yeah. because of the purchase of that Korean company, or that, that mobile mm-hmm. company. Have you guys heard of that mobile company? It's called Pixelberry Studios. I haven't. They I don't haven't. make the kind of games I'm interested in. I think they're no. like story-driven games. All right, so here's the employee count. So they have a total of 5,700 employees, of which 4,400 uh, work in Korea. So that's obviously the you know vast vast majority. Mm-hmm. Um, only eighty they have eighty one people for all of Europe plus the rest of the world <laughs> outside these four. Wow! And it's been decreasing over year over year. So I'm pretty sure they want to cut. It seems like they want to shut down their European um, operation. They've been you know lowering their count every year. America is still pretty large at four twenty four. Nexon is definitely not giving up in North America. I think Nexon's gonna do. I think MapleStory two is gonna be a financial success. For uh, for next on America, and we'll have to wait and see that obviously, but I I am optimistic on Maple Story too. 
I think he's got a better shot of being a big success than basically any other. I, I think Maple 32 has got a much bigger shot of being a success than Bless. That's my guess. What do you think, Alfie? Ooh. Which game will do better, Bless or Maple Story well, 2? You know what? I'll take the other side of the coin then. I'll say Bless. But how do we measure? I, well, I guess we'll just wait for the earnings. Yeah, that's probably the best way because both NeoWiz and uh, Nexon are probably going to trade in. I think we'll, we'll hear some numbers from both of them. We'll dig through the numbers for you guys, all right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Speaking of uh, numbers, we have another one too after that. Another company reported numbers. All right, let's, let's head it up. Let's see it. It should be on the front page. It's going to be uh, Antisoft's report their numbers. This, okay. uh, this last week. Let me take a look. It's actually on the front page. You gotta go to news industry to find it. Uh, oh, I'll find it. I will. And uh, basically, it was it was a pretty pretty boring quarter for them. It's pretty much across the board uh, down numbers for a little bit. Uh, the only game that actually showed increased revenue was was Aeon, which is a bit surprising because it's you know it's not really one of their flagship games. It does get its own kind of like uh, meter you can see over there, but every other game that you know they published is actually quite a bit bigger. So Aeon is the only game that showed uh, increased revenue as quarter over quarter. And what's funny is NCSoft actually attributed the increase in earnings to a, quote, change in monetization scheme, which sounds a lot, a lot like they upped the game's pay to win. Is that what that sounds like? They changed the game's monetization and the revenue went through the roof? Didn't Aeon, like, didn't Aeon go from being subscription to free-to-play in Korea last quarter? Was it last quarter? It definitely happened sometime. Uh, I know, but that, that, there was a, they announced that in December. But, so okay, maybe. So, yeah, so that's probably if they announced yeah, in December. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. There yeah, you go. The first quarter. Yeah, it went free. It went free to play. Yeah, you're right. So more I forgot, proof. I can't, yeah, this that, game, yeah, this game free to play. More proof that free to play makes you more money because this that's the only change that really happened in Korea. It went from uh, subscription to free to play, and then everyone started buying more loot boxes. I guess. I, I do think there's more money to be had in free to play. I it, it just it just works. You know, there's reasons why these games all go. Like, it is remarkable to see the the, the huge change in. No, subscription to free to play and their revenue revenue went up like fifty percent because of that. Obviously they did because the revenue numbers were already going down. But we'll see if they can maintain momentum there. But everything else kinda of went down a little bit. Uh most of the most of NTSoft's money also comes from uh, South Korea and China. No surprise there. Uh North America does not make up doesn't make up too much of it. I think ten percent of their overall sales or five eight percent of their overall sales come from uh North America. Yeah. The only other really interesting thing in this earnings report was that um Blade of Soul two, which is gonna be a mobile game, was delayed to twenty nineteen. After failing to meet expectations, in fact, the entire game is getting redesigned from the ground up, uh, and we developed by an entirely new team, basically the same deal as Lineage Eternal. Remember that game basically scrapped their development, hired an entirely new team, a new project lead, and they called it Project TL. They basically rebooted development of that game. So who knows when Project TL is going to come? Did they announce on, anything about TL? They said it's, uh, it's on. They say it's on track to be released sometime next year. Wow. So Project TL, we're going to who knows? But that's their current schedule. It still might get delayed. Who knows? But Blade and Soul Two uh, is a no go until uh, maybe sometime in 2019, next year as well. But it was supposed to come out, I think, this year. Hmm. Interesting. But again, the fact that Blade and Soul 2 is not a PC game should, you know, kind of tell everyone again where which direction most of these games are heading. Again, we said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't think we're going to get any other big, big, giant budget PC MMORPG. You know, I think even NeoWiz, they've sunk so much money into Bless. If Bless is not a resounding success... They're not going to make another PC RPG, or at least not going to make a big budget PC RPG. It just it takes so much more money and resources than, than a mobile game, and and mobile games can make so much more money than PC games can. I agree, uh, and even Nexon, I think, is turning into a mobile studio, so slowly but steadily. Yeah. I'm hoping Maple Story Two uh, drives up the PC revenues and kind of tells them that we want more PC games, but you know who knows. I got a little funny slide, little slip. All right. 
So it's a game called Loadout, uh, which uh, I have not tried, uh, is actually shutting down. Uh, it is shutting down because of the GDPR or whatever. The, the thing we talked about, the European... Oh, we talked about... The, yeah, we talked so, about that. So it takes another... another game, huh, Altai? Another victim of regulation. Ice of dust. I wanted... Mm-hmm. So if you are a guy out there who wanted to try Loadout... Now you guys, I'll show you this trailer here. Wow, look at this. You will not have a chance to try it after May 24th because the grasping hands of the European bureaucracy have deemed it unworthy. All right? How's that, Omar? How does it make you feel? Uh, it makes you feel good. I think, we, I think we're going to get more and more of these. Um, it makes you feel good? These... No, it's, it's bad. <laughs> it's good that I'm right about Oh, My, my call is going to be, it's, again, it's, it's still just one of the game studio. And yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. unless we see a bigger trend, it doesn't mean anything. Obviously, the game itself was not too successful. It was averaging like, the average, last third, they averaged the 53 players. It was already on the way out. But it was the final, you know, it's, it's the straw that broke the camel's back. But I think we're going to see more uh, smaller games, especially get shut down because they couldn't comply with uh, GDPR. It's just, I mean, they wanted to keep the game going. They just can't because the cost of doing it would just doesn't make sense for a game with 70 players online, you know? Yep. And uh, speaking of shutdowns, I'm you can cover the next one. There's a big shutdown this week. Uh, a game we've been calling the death of for a while. No, well, it's, yeah, it's it's not Wildstar, guys. Wildstar is still no. alive, is still beating cancer. Is you know, it just, it just refused to die. All right, that one's still clinging on to life. But instead, Bosky uh, Studios announced uh, that they're shutting down in a, in a tweet, actually. So I put the article up initially, but then there's actually a, a follow-up to that as well. Let me see if I can find right, it. The Bosky production employees were that one? Uh, yeah, that one is that, is that one. And the original the original tweet was from um, Mr. Cliffy B himself, who says that it's the game is no more. Let me see if, I'll, I'll link you that one first. Yeah, I, I think it's a funny story. So, okay, here's this tweet. He said the game... Uh, so the owner of the studio, Cliff Blazinski, Basically mm-hmm. tweeted out this notice. Okay, as of today, Bosky Productions is effectively no more. Blah blah blah. Thank you so much. We're going to go reflect. Okay. So that was his tweet, but it turns out people who still worked for him had to find out on Twitter that they were fired and the studio was closing down. He didn't even like tell his own staff, like his own company, that they were shutting down ahead of time. They found out live, like we did. How crazy is that? Yeah, that's 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 kind of messed up. And you, you see that tweet from one of the one of the employees there, which is really kind of a. Uh... It's heartbreaking. Ron LaJoy tweeted out that that feeling when your 10-year-old daughter sends a screenshot of a press release about your studio shutting down and asking if everything is going to be okay. Wow. It's, just, it's just bizarre that like you wouldn't tell your employees this before you tweet it out. You How know? Can, I feel that's like, crazy. How could you not have some decency like to just give like yeah. a day has, at least a day has One day. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. On the positive side, uh, Radical Heights will be up and running for the near future. The game is not shutting down immediately while the studio itself is closed now. But uh, for people that like... It, it, they, 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 they described Radical Heights as kind of their last-ditch effort to make something happen. And it clearly... It did actually get a decent number of players. I think... Like, it probably, you know, it had players longer than Lawbreakers did. But I think a lot of people played Lawbreakers for the, for the lulls and the memes. It, it really wasn't a good game. But it kind of attracted a lot of people to just like play it because how bad it was. And obviously those guys are not going to stick around very long. But it it's rest of pepperoni, uh, uh, Cliffy B's studio. It's Lawbreakers was was a disaster. I think it's, I still think they should have at least tried free to play. Who knows? You know, at that point you're already giving up on your game anyway. Just at least see what happens. But it's the game. That's true. Yeah, really yeah that's true. Yeah. Why? So that game was gonna be lost forever. Now they should at least put it up yeah. online. Let someone else host it. You know, like some free mm-hmm. freeware game, free you know, open source something. I don't know. It just seems like a waste. 
man, that, that world is gone. The game is going to be dead. But we saw, we all saw this one coming. The running on the wall was there. It should come as no surprise to anyone. At any point, if you looked on Steam charts, Lawbreakers had like two players online. Literally, the average players for Lawbreakers was like three in the last 30 days. It's just the game was already so far gone that there was no chance for success at that point. Yeah, the game's 30-day average is 3.4 players online. That's just, that's just not enough to like get a game or do anything. Yep. Rest uh, Roni. Well, I have a uh, uplifting piece of news, actually. All right, get a, up, uplift us. We're, we're down over here. We want to go okay. a little bit higher. Give me something. Give me something good. So, way back in 2005, I believe, a game called Guild Wars came out. Okay, the first one, not the second one. And mm -hmm. this game, okay, despite being in maintenance mode for years now, has just seen a giant graphics update. Can you believe that? Original Guild Wars, Original Guild Wars had a big graphics update. Wow! And it was done by a developer on his spare time, as just just out of love. Like he wasn't on the clock; he just did it when he was off the clock. Like that is that's some, amazing. So okay, so here's okay. I'm, I'm, let me let me go back a second here. So you guys can see he's going to turn the new feature on and off. So, and while you're looking, uh, I'll describe some of the new features here. So eight times anti-aliasing is in the game now. Windowed mm -hmm. full screen support, which is all right, which Got every game one. should have. Yeah, a sixteen x anisotropic filtering textures, so just better f textures, and a new advanced checkbox in graphics, which basically doubles the draw distance. Wow, right. the double draw distance is huge. That's huge. That makes a huge. Like, it, you can see it when he turns it on and off in these certain spots. Like it, it's such a huge difference. Like it's night and day. Um, the level of detail for the terrain also doesn't get reduced over that draw distance like it used to. Now we could. So the full draw. Everything is uh, displayed at max textures for the whole draw distance. So that's amazing. The yeah. draw distance thing is you can see it night and day. And it is another good yeah. scene. This really captures what I've been saying for the last few weeks that. If relying on player-made content, or you have to utilize the crowdsourcing of, of, of content made in the game or improvements on the game. Like, this guy literally did this out of love. There are people that love, like he, he, people he, out there. He does work for he does work for uh, NCSoft, like for uh, yeah, yeah. But he did it. He did it for, for no pay. Yeah, right? yeah, no pay. Yeah, like think right now, how many people out there absolutely are in love with World of Warcraft, in love with Final Fantasy fourteen, in Eve Online? There, all the MMORPGs we play. There are people that are fanatics, right? They want to contribute to this game beyond just money. Like they, they spent all the money they can already, right? They want to give more to the game. They want to contribute their skills to the game, but they can't. There's no way for them to do so, right? Yeah. There's no volunteer force for the game. There's no way to utilize those resources, right? Let people who love your game be able to contribute, which is why I think a game built on the premise of, of player-made content with custom content like that would do which is, which is another reason why Roblox is doing so well. People that love Roblox and play Roblox and make their own maps and their game modes and sell that content and make even make a living off it. That model has not been, you know, fully explored, I think. Oh, I agree. And I, and so I'm actually kind of hopeful that we're going to see more stuff like this. And like, so APB is getting an update. You know, Guild Wars mm -hmm. 1 got a big overhaul. Uh, I mean, what else? What else? Like, there's a lot of old games out there that I really think could use a little bit of um, cleaning up, sprucing up, and they would be viable products today, even even in 2018. Well, you have Blade and Soul as well. That's actually they're getting they're they're on Real Engine three, oh. not right? They're going okay. on Real Engine four now. Oh, that's good. I'd love to see that. There's a teaser trailer for some minor changes. Uh, graphically, the game will look graphically a bit better, and hopefully, it'll run smoother as well. And it was kind of packed the content update in the Korean version. It's not quite out just yet, but uh, they're doing it as well. Which is again very weird that like these games are going from Real Engine three to Real Engine four, 
but we have you know blessed launching this unreal engine 3 which is which is really weird you know i feel like they've already spent so much money on this game like why not spend a little bit more to get your game in unreal engine 4 you know unreal engine 4 came out in late 2014 it's already been out for like over three years now you know mm-hmm. it's not like it's a new engine yeah a- app reloaded will have a newer engine than blessed guys how does that make you feel which is that's just weird yeah uh, okay, here's a it's, little snipe at uh, Square Enix somewhere. So Final Fantasy right. 11, which we played, okay, which which gameplay wise, I didn't. It wasn't as bad as he made it sound, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. I think the graphics need a huge overhaul. The engine needs a huge overhaul. And I know there are mods and custom texture packs you can download, right? Yep. There, there's a whole subreddit for it. But what do you think the odds are that Square Enix will actually incorporate that and just make it like available off the bat, like in the client? No, never. Zero. Nothing. Because it's not in their DNA to actually make things accessible over there in Japan. they got to make it as annoying as possible. I don't know why. Trying to even log on to Final Fantasy XI, try to defeat the Play Online launcher, and logging into your character is an arduous process that neither of us could complete, given an hour of time. We had to reach out for outside help. You know, two adults could not could not make an account and log in to Final Fantasy XI. It was, it was a process. We just couldn't do it. All right? it's, it's inaccessible to the core. Yeah, so... Yeah, so again, you got studios like this continuously, you know, making quality of life changes uh, and, and some studios, which, by the way, charge a subscription. Guild Wars 1 isn't yeah. charging shit. You know, the game is buy to play once and this whole time it's been free. There's no yeah. cash up or anything. and They're just still updating it uh, and making it more well, accessible. They never added a cash up to Guild Wars 1? I don't think so. Maybe someone. If so, that's actually pretty remarkable. Someone check and correct me on that, but yeah, but I don't, I don't. Yeah. There definitely wasn't one when I played. I'll tell you that. Yeah, when I played, there was no cash up either. But it's it's been so long. I feel yeah. like they they must have because otherwise, like that's like unbelievable value. You know, you buy the game once, you play forever with nothing else. Yeah, yeah, I think. Well, there was there were I think two or three expansions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they made money off expansions. Yeah, but it's been a year since their last one. Oof, it's been a long time. Oh yeah, because yeah, the yeah. game's still around though. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's more popular than ever. The, 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 uh, okay, so let me skip to the end of this video here. He goes, so they also, um, the way this, uh, so Guild Wars is one of those, one of the granddaddies of the whole uh, persistent hub instance world systems, right? Mm-hmm. And they actually, yeah. uh, so when, when one when a one persistent hub town fills up, there's a second channel of it, you know? And someone informs mm-hmm. us, hey, can you uh, get rid of the limit for number of players per hub world, right? Mm-hmm. For ten per town. And he said, one guy said, one dev said, sure, I'll do it. They flip the switch and boom! Now there's no overflow. Everyone, wow. all, all the players are, in, you know, in, in in one city. So somebody asks on Reddit, and they're like, "Yeah, no problem, yeah. bro. We'll do it." Yeah, that's amazing. That that show that's a level of engagement with players that you just won't see with most games. I know you do get some kind of like Riot Games is kind of decent with that, but I get it. Square Enix is never going to interact with players on that level. In fact, there's a lot of meta and balance issues that players kind of are complaining about that never get addressed ever. And like they do this, they do this weekly, uh, like that, like monthly or monthly or so, um, letter from the producer where, where Yoshi P talks about like what they're thinking and what they're doing with the game, but they don't like really engage with players. Like they maybe like they just do a really poor job of, of like letting people know that they heard their complaints or they address specific issue. They, they just kind of talk about whatever they want instead, which is just really bad. I mean, we, there's got to be better communication between developers and players. And to see developers on Reddit and actively communicating with players, like taking their feedback and turning onto the game like that day is actually pretty insane. Yeah. And, okay, so I, I am on the official cash shop. There are a few items. So, okay, yeah. besides Platinum version of the game, I guess it has all the expansions. Pet unlock pack. Not much, though. Yeah, there's actually not much here. There's a few add-on, you know, PvP access kit. You got to pay, okay, I guess you got to pay for PvP or something. I don't know. Yeah. A, a, a couple, like, uh, costumes, like 12, 16 costumes, name change, extra character slots, that kind of stuff. But it seems like very minimal, uh, 
cash shop here. You know, what made Guild Wars interesting as well, maybe a bit of reminiscing, is that it was really designed, I think, from the ground up with PvP in mind. Yeah. It was actually really smart because and more PC PvP is inherently inaccessible. Whereas if you want to do like arena PvP and wow, like good luck. You get max level gear, max level character, and do all this bullshit before you can even participate in even grounds. Whereas in Guild Wars 1, immediately you don't want to do that PvE bullshit, you don't have to. You create a PvP character, you start at max level, you've accessed all your abilities, you just start PvP right from the get-go. That's that's amazing. Like, no other game does that. But Guild Wars. And it seems like if you want to actually, if you know, if you develop a PvP system and you want people to at least try it, like that's the best way of doing it. The people that want to only PvP, they don't want to do the PVE bullshit. Don't make players go through bullshit they don't want to do. Like, let them jump right to the PvP. Like, people, I know friends that play Guild Wars too. They love the PvP in that game. They play exclusively for the for the World Wars World and the other PvP options. Like, let people access that stuff quickly. If that's your is one of your main draws. I think Warhammer Online also did that, but you know, for other reasons, that game just yeah, kind of, of flopped. But that was a fun aspect of it, I, yeah. I remember. I, I, I think Guild Wars 2 has, has some of the best questing of any modern MRPG, but you know, it's not a wildly successful game. People play it, but it's not like, you know, it's we saw the revenues on that on the NCSoft page. It's not like hugely successful, but it's not because of the questing. I mean, they, I think they did that part correct. Indeed. Mm-hmm. All right, a little bit. One other piece of random news that I, I thought was interesting. Maybe you will not care but jagex is shutting down fun orb and when i saw this dead already when i saw this headline i i was uh had some nostalgic pangs for a game called uh what oh my god just slipped my mind the 2d wizard fight game you played it with me i don't remember fam oh my god somebody in chat will know wizard Funnel Arcanist 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 Arcanist. I remember that. That's it. That's that was a fun game. I'm gonna. I tried playing it recently. Actually, I really just didn't work. It just didn't work. It just maybe modern browsers can't handle like the shitty flash name on their website. I tried using IE. I got to a point where I got to one loading screen, but it would never actually start the game. It was unfortunate because I could never actually end up playing it, which I wanted to relive it. But like, so I thought I thought they were already dead, but they're not. No, Fun Orb is still up, but Arcanist, I don't think it's still there. I, I, I was looking for it. Maybe it is. I don't know. If you search cool, you can find it usually. Yeah, I, I remember this. Oh, I remember man. when I tried playing this. I, I figured it was dead because if you look at uh, Fun Orb's website, they have a copyright 2008 to 2014 Jagex. Like, you know they gave up on this website when they stopped updating that copyright number once a year. Like, once a year, I go on Mos.com, I change the copyright thing at the bottom to, to 2018 to 2019. One year, you add one year to it every year. That's it. You can make a PHP code to like add one to it every year as well, but I do it manually. They did it manually and they just they gave up updating as well. So they clearly didn't really care. They stopped caring about this oh, back you're in right. 2014. Since 2015. <laughs> yeah, they stopped caring about it since you know 2014. So it's it, it's been it's been kind of dead for a long time. That's pretty But fun. it's it's sad that they, it, it shut down. Because some of these minigames are definitely pretty fun. So Pocky Aki mentions Gunbound. Yo, I haven't played Gunbound in ages. I loved Gunbound. That was mega fun. I I played the shit out of Gunbound when it was on EG. I never played it when it moved back to Softnix. I know it's still around though. Maybe we should do a, you know, reminiscent look and play some Gunbound. But I feel like we're gonna get our ass kicked because everyone that still plays Gunbound is probably a god now. Gunbound, Gunbound needs a client overhaul as well. I remember, the, the I think the UI, uh, like the, the the resolution is like eight hundred by six hundred or something. It's just yeah, that's, that's awful. It I needs know. to work. It needs to work. I I think they have Gunbound mobile as well, but I've never played it. All right. I'm sure the mobile version might be doing decent. Maybe. Uh, yeah. 
I do want to try Conan Exiles again when we're. Uh, so what, what's what's this Friday? Any any ideas? Not sure just yet, actually. What is this Friday? Can we? Is yeah, we can't do it. Two again. What it's about Conan up. Exiles? Maybe I think Survival games will be pretty repetitive for our first stream unless we're getting some action going. I don't. Know. We'll 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 figure something out. All right. Well, Conan Exiles just sell a million copies uh, in early access, so it's pretty mm-hmm. pretty successful game for them. Although you, you throughout the podcast, did you did you find any solutions to the the boring quest system of MMORPGs? No, not through the. I will I will uh, have an answer for you on Friday. How's that? Maybe. You know, you know what I, you know what I liked about. Um, I feel like beyond the questing, another problem is always. I know Gumby wrote an article about it years ago about the trash loot. You remember when we played um, uh, Albion Online? Like literally everything you you gathered, every enemy you killed, like every resource you gathered was always useful. That's true. I think it, it was the same case. I think in RuneScape as well, where you know you were always getting shipped by you know killing. It, it was always like every sheep you killed, you could always use those resources. Like, it seems like so obvious, but like. Trash loot shouldn't exist in games. Like, everything should be somewhat useful. I agree. So incorporate the Albion and the RuneScape systems into modern MMORPGs. Get rid of the linear garbage main story questing system. And what else? Maybe, maybe we should see. We should design our perfect MMORPG and compare notes. See what we we'll come up with. <laughs> All right. That again? All right. Well, I, I'm so, happy so, to play. Some armchair, some armchair developing, you know? I think the everything has to be player crafted. Or craftable, like Eve Online uh, does this pretty well. Where oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah where everything, every shop is a player shop. You know, like every the things you see in the market are are you know put there by the players, not by the game. You know, and you, when you buy and sell, you're you're buying and selling with other players. Um, so that's key. I think I think a market system, the market system in um in MMORPG is kind of like under like done. I I, I love the 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 in Eve Online the trading between stations. LB Online had the same exact system. I thought I love that system. I, I just love games where I can like play the market board, make lots of you know money in game. Like that that aspect of the game, the economic aspect is mega fun. Whether it's through crafting or just you know crafty behavior, it just I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of that. Indeed. But how about Terraria? I, I got to get you hooked to Terraria more. Uh, I'll <laughs> give it a try. I, I've I've been hooked on my my bullshit Dota custom maps recently. All right. So we're playing one of that. I have a funny meme video I want to show you at the at the post game. Pretty spicy, actually. Okay, well, with that, then we can move on to the post game. So, mm-hmm. thanks for watching, guys, on YouTube. Uh, we'll see thanks you on Friday. YouTube. See you on Friday. Why don't we start putting those things on Friday? Uh, let's put the Friday things on YouTube. How about that? Sure. All right. Bye. Later, guys.